Hey guys, welcome back to my channel. Hope you're doing okay. Now today I've got a very special guest. Um, I'm joined by Alex from the Different Not podcast, and also he goes on the Canon podcast too. So he's doing great things. Um, I just thought I'd say hi to you guys before we start. Yeah, that's your main podcast. Um, hey Harry. Um, I did want to kind of ask you before we start talking about Arsenal if you could maybe introduce yourself a bit about your YouTube channel and how it all started. Sure. Well, firstly, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so Different Knock is my uh, YouTube channel. Uh, like everyone, I think my opinion on, opinions on football are the right ones. So I started uh, I started a, a channel uh, probably about a year or two ago. Um, just been doing that, really enjoyed it. Uh, it's become more and more of my sort of job now, I suppose. Um, and uh, yeah, I was telling you just off air, I trained, trained as an actor. Um, and then I was writing, do you know, uh, I think he's Tiki Taka Connor on Twitter. On- yeah. Twitter, yeah. So Connor and I uh, connected a few times, and he asked me to write some articles for him, and I made them into videos. Blah blah blah. I went from there. So uh, yeah, been doing it for a while, and I'm really enjoying it, and I'm very excited to be here. I love that story, and um, definitely put your link in the description. Please go and check it out because I love your content. It's just, I think it's always nice to see other Arsenal fans and other people out there doing well. So I love that from you. Um, but as we do know, um. Aaron Ramsdale's dad did do an interview on the Highbury squad and I did actually watch it and I feel like it was quite a good interview it felt very casual and it was like friends talking like the pub it was quite nice to listen to it wasn't kind of like it, I didn't see it as like an interview and um, even though they asked questions that we were probably thinking um, but a few people have said that maybe he shouldn't have done it and um, it kind of puts Ramsdale in a bad light what do you make of him coming out to kind of discuss his son's situation? I okay. Well, there's there's a number there's a number of aspects to this, right? So I th- I think Arteta first and foremost, I don't see as someone who I think will like this. Let's put that out there first and foremost. I think we have to delineate between what what I think and what you think and what the fans think, and then what Arteta thinks. And ultimately, Arteta is the guy making the decision. And I think from Arteta's perspective, um, I don't think he'll like that at all um i think he much prefers to keep things in house i think he much prefers to keep things private uh look it's a you know it's a free country he gets to do what he wants but he also then maybe has to accept uh the consequences and i can't imagine that that wasn't run at least past aaron or mm-hmm. um through his camp or something like that so i i, I imagine it was at least a, a a calculated move on some on some level um so i i find it interesting first and foremost as a piece of sort of you know a, a movement from ramstar's camp but we've seen a few back and forth and we? we've seen the raya agents stuff we've seen um ramstar come out and you know, potentially you know, i've seen some rumors that maybe he leaked the chelsea thing you don't know what to believe yeah look i if I was if if I was in Aaron's position, I don't think I'd want my parents to do that. But equally, you know, I think I think people have a right of reply, and and, and you know, I th- I think to some degree, both sides can be right in the sense that I think I think Aaron and his camp and his family are are perfectly within their rights to say, look, we don't feel um, happy about this. We feel you know frustrated by this, and we don't think it, he's been treated fairly, whatever. Um, and then Arteta would be absolutely within his rights to say, I don't think you should be talking about it in public and you need to accept the decision. You need to work as hard as you can. I found recently the the Southgate comments, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, if you're not playing by March, I can't guarantee anything. Mm. That must be playing on his mind. Um, and Mikel as well has said something along the lines of, look, you know, 
you're just going to kind of have to accept this for a little while. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's an objective truth. I don't think there's a middle ground where we can say, well, this is the truth. I think it's just obviously, as most situations, it's yeah. just a load of camps sort of saying what they think. In terms of what I think, I do think that um, maybe it was a little bit rash. I think I think it was a little. It's a little bit too, still too early. It's not actually been that long. I think football feels like it, you know, because there's so many things are constantly going on. It feels like it's been a really, really long time. But actually, what's it been? Six, seven games in the Premier League from, from Raya. So, I think it's a little bit early as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, what was? What do you think? Yeah, it's a different one because when I watched it, because I like follow Sophie and like what she does, it felt quite casual. And then mm. afterwards, or the next day, it kind of just blew up online with the media. And I was quite surprised. I mean, when I watched it, his dad did say that he was offered to go and talk sport and interview him and discuss mm. that then. But it kind of is bad. I stand on it where I think he has every right to talk about the situation because I think he's had to keep quiet for such a long time. But as you said, the season's just started in a way, you know, it's not December yet. So, yep. and he's still got to play at Brent against Brentford because obviously why I can't play that game. But yeah, it's, it's hard. I kind of don't know what I think. I think I'm in the middle. I see how people can see it might be adding fuel to the fire because, you know, Arteta, like you said, I don't think he will like that. I think Arteta mm. likes to keep things close and personal but it does seem like obviously we can only go by what his dad said and Arteta wouldn't openly speak about this but it does seem like he's not really told Ramsdale what's going to happen like who's the first to his goalkeeper because um, Arteta had always said that they were rotating them and he, he never told the media or anything and I think that's where Arteta is a bit clever where he doesn't give too much away, he knows how the media works but it is tough really because I do understand Ramsdale like I think he his dad said how he's lost a smile a bit and it's obviously really tough and um I think with Raya as well, I think he's in a difficult situation because a lot of us really have this connection with Ramsdale. We've seen him grow. We've been on this amazing journey with him. And now Raya's came in and I think he's done a good job. Obviously, he has made a few mistakes, but I feel like people kind of are using that against him to say Ramsdale's better. He wouldn't make them mistakes. So it is a tough one, really, isn't it, right now? <laughs> Yeah, I I think on specifically on the field, and again, it's 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 similar. We have to think about it from Mikel's perspective. He's the guy making the decision. So I think a lot of fans are saying, "Well, you know, I, I wouldn't drop Ramsdale." For the, it's like it's kind of irrelevant. <laughs> the yeah, guy making the, let, let's try it. Let's try and look at what the guy making the decisions thinks, and you can get some clues, and you can get that Mikel has said that he prefer he likes Rise bravery. Uh, you can look at the difference in their positioning in terms of their starting position, where they stand uh, when Arsenal are in possession and where they stand when Arsenal are out of possession. Um, you can look at the difference in their cross-claiming. You can look at the difference in um, the the way they claim cross as well. I think Ramsdale is a lot more keen to go over bodies, which is sometimes a bit more risky than kind of coming through and sort mm -hmm. of almost taking it from, from, from underneath it. I think it's a different style. So look, and, and there'll be a number of things that, I, as a fan, don't understand, you know, from a goalkeeper perspective and things that we, do, you know, advanced analytics and things that we we just don't know. I, I think on the Raya thing, I agree, he is in a tricky position because he, you know, he, he's got to come in. He, but this is kind of the game. And I think it is a little bit possibly naive to think your position when, when you're in a position at Arsenal it's a, it's an incredibly obviously privileged position. Mm -hmm. But the reason it's privileged is because you're being chosen above 
basically everyone in world football. You know, Arsenal have the ability to go out and get, I would say, apart from maybe 10 to 15 players, possibly more, maybe there's a sort of 30 or more players in the world who we couldn't, if we put absolutely everything into it, spent 120 million or so, go and get. You know, we have that financial might. We're a big club. So, you know, you are being compared to everyone, Donnarumma and the, yeah. at the time, Anana and and Edison and Alisson and all, all these players. So that's why it's a privilege. So then the idea that that's not going to be challenged at some point, the idea that if someone's not performing better than you, they're going to come in. I think it's, a you know, and to frame that as a kind of a personal betrayal, I'm not saying they are, but if, if there is a sense of personal betrayal from Mikel's perspective, I think that's a little bit naive. What I would say is if Mikel directly said to them in conversations, oh, no, no, we're not signing another goalkeeper, I think that's poor form and, and poor business and and I think uh, not something, not a particularly classy move. But the game's the game. Do you know what I mean? The game is the game. And, and uh, you know, I, I, just to finish, there was a, did you, you must have read Ramsdale's Players' Tribune thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a there was a line in it which I found fascinating, and I remember reading it at the time and thinking, okay, he said, you know, Mikel and I have been discussing where my starting position is, and you know, he I, he's been asking me to play higher and higher and higher. And we're watching, you know, clips of prime Barcelona, and he's telling me where the keeper is, and I'm going, I can't do this. And you know, anyway, me and Mikel we came to a compromise, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you think you came to a compromise, but yeah. I'm sure Mikel went. Okay, you're not going to do what I asked you to do. That's fine, but at some point, I need that to happen, and for my idea of football to to be fully realised. So maybe it's just it's just an unfortunate occurrence that no one saw coming. You know, I was completely shocked by it. Yeah, I think for me, when we when I saw that Ryan was coming in, I was shocked because I did think in my head like there are other positions we could strengthen in, like the yeah. midfield, we could bring a striker in. But I kind of got it because Matt Turner for me was always our second choice. There wasn't, he didn't really compete with Ramsdale. I think you could see Ramsdale was miles better than him, but it's obviously tough really. And I think, I agree with Phil's comment here about, you know, we've not really had that clarity from Arteta to say, we're going to buy it as our number one goalkeeper now. Um, But I suppose it's hard really to put on, like it would be, it'd be really hurtful for Ramsdale to hear that. But I suppose you might need to hear that. You might need to know because he's kind of presumed like that he's going to be that cup goalkeeper. The one, if, if, you know, Ryan slips up, he's going to be the one that comes in. And I think it's really hard because I think Ramsdale has definitely helped us get to Champions League. He was a big player for us last season and to see him get dropped like he has, it's quite, you know, it's surprising. Um, I did think Ramsdale, I do think he has a few mistakes in his game, but I feel like because he was so good, you could kind of bounce that out and you could get away with it. But I feel like for me, it's really hard to tell who is the better goalkeeper for you. Do you have a preference right now? You've seen Ramsdale last season, you've seen Raya a bit of the season. Would you say either one is better than other? Or Because I'm still unsure personally. I think the, I think the margins are very slim. I do see differences, but I think the margins are very slim. However, at the level we're trying to operate at and the level we we are at now, the margins are going to be slim. You know, if we if we sign someone, let's say we went into the starting level and we tried to replace um, Martin Erdegaard, right? Maybe there is someone better in the world than 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 Martin Erdegaard. Mm-hmm. But if we can upgrade that, the the upgrade level is going to be this, right? If you bring in William Saliba, if you if you you know if you if you brought in let's say 
if you think Ruben Diaz is better than William Saliba, I, don't, I personally don't, but if you, at certain things, but if you bring in Ruben Diaz, again, the change is going to be this, not because William, Ruben Diaz isn't a brilliant player, it's because we're operating near the top level of football. When you're changing over Mustafi for 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 Gabriel, there's a jump, right? There's so a big you, difference. <laughs> you see the difference, right? But when, you, when you've got good players already, that's a, it's, it's a very small margin. So, I, I, I hear those people who say, I don't, I don't see the difference. And I get that. I think the thing, because I think it's very small, but I do see some differences. And I think the differences are the ones that I mentioned earlier in terms of his cross-claiming, in terms of his starting position, in terms of uh, his post-shot XG numbers are better. I spoke to uh, John Harrison, who's a, he works for something called goalkeeper.com, a goalkeeping expert. And he spoke about Ramsdale's 1v1 capacity from a goalkeeper's coaching perspective. He said it isn't the best he's seen. And he said also, in terms of how he said, it was fascinating. He said, Ramsdale's highs are really, really high. <laughs> the James Madison moment, the yeah. save, you know, the the save from Leon Bailey or, or whatever it is, you know, th those incredible moments of you go, oh my goodness, this guy is, could be world, world class. And we obviously really connect to him is what you were saying earlier. You know, he's a you know guy we feel like we can relate to, a lot of, you know, English people maybe. And, you know, so we have that. But I think also his lows can be quite low as well. You know, he, he can have those moments that he had against Southampton. Yeah. And I don't think it's the same with Raya. I don't think we're going to see the catastrophe. I think he's just a bit steadier. And, you know, in an already young team, do we need more unpredictability? I, I don't know if we do. Yeah, it's a really tough one. I'm with you. I think the saves Ramsdale can make are absolutely incredible like including like the most Salah one last season I thought yeah, that yeah. was I, I was like lost for us I just couldn't believe yeah. he saved Amazing. that and I think with penalties as well I know Ramsdale for me I feel like he's got more of a chance to save one but other than that it's it is tough because we know Ramsdale does make these mistakes and I think he was talking with Ian Wright and he went on this like podcast and he was talking about his lack of concentration as well and I think people have used that against him I don't think that really is a big issue really maybe occasionally but I think it can be close with them too I just I think as fans I, I will say it, I do think I'm emotionally connected yeah. to Ramsdale I think we always seen this journey and mm -hmm. when he came here a lot of people wrote him off before he actually played the game and we've seen that I think he did go above our expectations I didn't know what really to expect of him and he's done really well but mm -hmm. it's hard to know if I think Ramsdale if we're in a Champions League final, could he win us it or could he get us that far? Or is it, I don't know, I think it's, I really don't know. I want Ramsdale to do well, but it's well with Raya. I feel like, like him and Ramsdale's dad were saying about supporting him, getting behind him. And mm. he's in a tough situation, Raya. It's, it's, it's really difficult. And I still forget he's still on loan with us because yeah. I thought, <laughs> I do think we'll buy him in the end. But, yeah. um, for you with Ramsdale, obviously, I think Raya is our number one and I, f I feel like this strongly, but do you feel like there's any chance Ramsdale can get back into the team? Because I think for me, it's still important that he still fights for his place. I think that makes you a better player. So do you feel that Ramsdale could get back in the team this season? It's possible. I mean, why not? You know, players go through, go through losses of form. Um, you know, I... I uh, it's it's absolutely not out of the question. Yeah, I just think from what Arteta likes from a goalie, which is again is what you know we're not we're not trying to 
to look at what we like and you know if it was up to me Ramsdale would be starting because I love Ramsdale yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a person and, and whatever and what I like in a goalkeeper is a bit of a madman is a bit of a sort of a renegade in, in those ways but we're not we're not I'm not picking the team it's it's, it's Arteta yeah. so I, you know, we have to look at what Arteta wants and I, I you know I'll be honest in the same way that I think a lot of English fans probably feel an affinity to to Ramsdale and they can relate to him a bit more because they speak he speaks his language I think yeah. also it's probably helpful that David Raya is Spanish Iñaki Canya is Spanish the goalkeeper and Mikel Arteta is Spanish you know, and, yeah you know, it's, it's helpful it's, isn't it <laughs> it's, it's, it smooths the line look at, at the very least it smooths the line of communication so I don't know I I, I it's possible um, it's absolutely possible, but I I think it would require Raya to really fall off a cliff, and Ramsdale to absolutely exceed expectations in training. And I think Ramsdale requires competition um, and sort of a, a kick up the backside a little bit to maybe be at his best. And I think maybe when he feels um, when he's got an opportunity to show, then then I think he can sort of stick it to someone. But I think when he doesn't have an opportunity, I think he might he might have to leave. Yeah, I think like Phil said here, it might come to the point where he will leave because at the end of the day as well, for his international career with England, I know that he did get that chance to play. And then when he came back to Arsenal, Raya came in straight away. So yeah. I think for me, if he did leave, it, I think it would really help. I think it would be a difficult one to take because he has signed a deal for a few years. I think it might be four years or something. So yeah. it only yeah, so I feel like in my head I've been expecting him to be part of our future, like with the Ben Whites, the Gabriels, the Sleepers. So I think it is obviously difficult on both positions because we want Raya to do well, but we also just love Ramsdale. Um, I did want to jump on and ask, answer this question um, because I think we should talk a bit about the season because obviously there's a lot to talk about. Um, Harry just like want to know, who is the best striker Arsenal can realistically obtain from the transfer market? What do you think about that? Keyword, realistic. Yeah, um, I love how you answer that in. <laughs> uh, look. I I think I think it it you know we were sat here 18 months ago thinking well let you know let's say January of 2021 or whatever it was and we were in eighth or whatever and we were thinking there's absolutely no chance we can attract Husemawa you know and then you know we we then go in the summer we attract probably the best midfielder on the market in my opinion uh, or certainly the best available midfielder in Declan Rice things change statues of clubs change and when i think i think when players see a project that suits them and the timing's right i think they they're attracted so you know i i'm not going to i'm not going <laughs> to i'm not going to put mbappe in the conversation i think that's i, I don't yeah, think yeah a bit too far there <laughs> i don't think he's well i actually, honestly i actually think i i think we could do it but i think it would be such a rip up of what we've done so far such a change in the in structure financially that it would just be kind of kind of it would just be a bit of a suicide mission, I think. I I, I like the look of Victor Osman personally. I think he I think what Arsenal are missing, and, and part of the reason I have an objection to Ivan Tony, is we're missing a level of inevitability. When Early Haaland steps on a football pitch, he's going to score. <laughs> it's just a case of when. You you know Erling Haaland is going to get you a certain amount of goals a season. You know yeah. Erling Haaland is going to score uh, score at some point over, you know, it, he, he's not going to have a goal drought, or whatever he is going to score and there's that inevitability. And I think in the same way that we now have a spine of William Saliba, who is an inevitable defender, we have an, ine an inevitable midfielder in the sense of, uh, of Declan Rice in terms of how he um, manages situations in, in terms of how he, he defends space and all, 
all the amazing qualities he ha- he brings. I do think we need a striker who is absolutely inevitable. Now, it may well be, there was an interview with Pep uh, mm. with TNT Sports where he spoke about, uh, they were sort of saying, you know, fans really love like, you know, your tactics or whatever. Why did you change to a false nine once Aguero left? Why have you changed to what John Stones is doing at the minute? And he has a fascinating answer. And he says, look, I have some ver- some principles, but actually I am just adapting to the players. And I think Mikel is similar. I think he has principles of what he wants to do, but how he gets there, whether it's with a false nine or a proper number nine or a number 10 or whatever it is, is about the players and the qualities of the, the players that he has and getting the most out of that. And I think if Gabriel Jesus can stay fit, that is the best false nine in world mm. football. And if we have, if we have Gabriel Jesus fit, and we have superstar wingers who can up their production numbers to what they were last season. That might be a, a better route for this Arsenal team. You know, it, it might well be instead of going out and spending 120 million on on Victor Osserman, we go and look at another superstar winger to compete with Saka and Martinelli and stick with a false nine. I don't know, but I think Victor Osserman for me has that level of inevitability that I was talking about earlier, um, and he. His all-round, I think people think of him as kind of a goal scorer, but he's also a massive facilitator. He, he does a lot of great work outside the box. He's tall, he's strong, he's good age. Um, Napoli will be a nightmare to deal with, but get it done. Yeah, I've I've seen him. I've seen like a lot of his highlights, and I know Arsenal fans have been dead keen on him, and I definitely would like him. I think for me, like Harry's pointed out, I think Watkins, like... I'd be open to it, and if he came, I'd support him. But I think for me, Ivan Tony's probably been the one that I'd be more interested in because he kind of reminds me of a pop like a Ian Wright or a Kevin Campbell. I, I just think for me, like you said, Jesus, his injuries are a kind of an issue, and when he's fit you know, he starts every game and I don't think Eddie, for me, is really a starter when Jesus is here. Um, but I just think we've, since the whole Aubameyang situation and when Aubameyang was, before he signed this deal, we were we were on form, he was scoring a tons of goals and I just think we're really missing that striker that can, like, there's, there'll be games where it won't always be easy, won't always have a lot of the ball where we just need to take our chances and I just don't think we can take our chances and I think that's a ma- massive issue, so I just think if we don't buy a striker in January transfer window, I honestly don't know what's going on because we need a striker. And I just, I was surprised we didn't buy someone in. Someone I know Havertz has came in, and I don't kind of know what his role is in the team because the times I thought we would bring him for a striker, but I know he can play in that midfield role. So I just think. I feel like we need a forward that's going to really help us score lots of goals and especially our midfield, I think, is another issue with Partey injured. We've had, like, the worst injuries <laughs> so far this season. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've literally had no luck at all. Which is kind of exciting in a sense. Sorry to cut across you, but it's, it's, it's quite exciting in a sense, in the sense that Jesus has missed, I think, five matches. Partey's yeah. missed eight. Um, Erdegaard's missed three, I think it is now. Martinelli missed three or two. So, you know, that, that's four starters from last season and we're, what, a point off, off first? So, that's you know, it's, it's exciting in many, in many ways. Like that. Yeah, I think that's good. And, like, I feel like for me, when we played against Burnley, I thought that we didn't play our best, especially in the first half. But I feel like the fact we're still managing to win without 
some of our best players without mm. like Partey and Odegaard as well especially Partey at the moment he really is that key in midfield and Rice is doing all the work and I think Jorginho's done okay I will, will give him that credit but I feel like when Partey's in our team we are like a much better side and I think as well I do feel for Saka sometimes because like you said we I feel like it'd be good to have, bring someone in to give him Martinelli a bit for us because I feel like the injuries are really piling on at the moment which definitely does not help <laughs> um yeah i did want to touch on like the kai Havertz stuff because i've noticed it there'll be players like say if crossard doesn't play but east arteta will still play players that probably haven't done a lot in the team like Havertz is a weird one because i do think he, he does a lot in the game i do think he doesn't always get that credit for his work rate but i don't always think he should be a starter in the game but for you, do you see him? Do you see in time that he'll get more goals, more assists, or are you just not feeling the signing? <laughs> well, I look. Uh, I see the North Star with Kai Havertz. I I think there is, and there is a huge but coming at the end of the sentence. However, I see um, I see his movement off the ball. Yeah which is really exciting. And I think he's a very intelligent footballer. I think if you actually just watch Kai Havertz in a game, you can see the little micro movements he does create space for other players. He's coming short and it allows space for someone else. He's off off the ball. My concern about Havertz was actually him off the ball, but it's been completely flipped the other, yeah. the other way around. You know, my, I was concerned about his defensive duels and you know that kind of side of his game. And actually that's all been fine. Um, yeah. I think there is uh, someone who can arrive late in the box there in a sort of similar Erdegaard way. I think there is someone who can be a, a threat in behind, someone who can go up top in certain positions in certain games. I think there's a lot there. Is that worth £65 million at this stage of the project? I don't know. Mm. And I don't think so. Again, we're still early. But I would say, I, ju I just think... If, if you don't have the ability to impact to get, you know, those people who are like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to write a play. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to renovate my room. I'm going to, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do all these, all these sorts of things. It's like, great. You have all these great ideas. That's fantastic. Until yeah. I see it happen. Yes. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> there's nothing we can do about that. And that's, it's like, so I, th I think he's sort of one of those guys that I think a lot of that, I think normally when that happens in life, as well as on the football pitch, is because you don't know what, you know, when you're procrastinating, you're like, it's not, I find it's normally because I don't know what I want to actually, or what I actually yeah. have to do. If I'm procrastinating a task, it's normally because I don't know how to start it. Or, you know, if I'm like writing a video or something and I'm procrastinating, I'm going, why can't I write this video? And I'm like, it's because I don't really know what I'm trying to say. So then once I work that out and then it comes a little bit cleaner or, you know, whatever, any kind of project is if you have a clear action. And I think with Havertz, it feels a little bit like that in the sense that he he feels unclear of his role. I don't know what the repeated actions are. I don't know what runs he's going to make any game. I don't know um, which side he's going to play on, which is probably confusing for him. I don't know. You know, for the first sort of um, part of his of his uh, time at Arsenal, he was played played in front of Timber, Tomiyasu, uh, Zinchenko, a load of a load of left people playing left at Gabriel. He's he's chopped and changed. He's not had he's had a run in the team, but not in a consistent way and 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 being given consistent actions, which is why I would ask him when he can, or you know, if I had the choice, I'd put him at nine. Because I think in many ways in the midfield, you're asked 
to create a little bit more on your own. You're asked to kind of, you receive the ball. There's loads of different options. You could find your winger, you can cut inside, you could play a half space cross, you could dribble, you can cross. If you're at the number nine and you're saying, right, Kai, all I need you to do is hold the ball up. That's all I need you to do. And if there's space in behind, running behind, but all I need you to do is hold the ball up. I think if you simplified down his actions, it became a lot clearer what he needs to do. It becomes... A, a little bit more obvious what, what what his what his role is, and then he can grow some confidence from there. I think at the minute he's been dropped into a very well functioning team, sort of deer in the headlights, panicked, and then gone. I'm just going to go into myself and doesn't try anything, doesn't try carry, doesn't try dribble, doesn't try pass. And I think until you can affect the game, fans are going to be on your back. And and I think the longer we go on giving him this huge license to sort of do what he wants. I think that's a problem. I think we need to give Kai Havertz really clear, specific actions. Be our number nine, stand there, receive the ball, running behind. That's it. I think at the minute he's got a little bit too much to do. I've said this, that I think we should give that a chance, him playing that position, because ultimately, really, what do we have to lose? I mean, I would have... I just think we should go for it. I mean, obviously, Trossard, when he's played as a striker, I think... I don't think he's been really effective, but I do think, obviously, he is an important player in the team when he is on the pitch. But I just think that we need to give him that chance. And I think the problem is that if we would have paid less money, I feel like people might not be saying a lot. I think the fact that $65 is quite a lot of money and people could say we could have used that in different positions or we could have bought someone more experienced. So I think for me, I just want it to work out for him. But I think I think sometimes I notice I think he start he's doing better now, but I know in his first few games I felt like he was scared to go in for a tackle to win the ball in case like I know at Newcastle the whole tackle with him I think it I think that could have been a sending off, I personally think. But I think maybe he's scared to go in for tackles in case people then have a go at him mm-hmm. because I think he is under a lot of criticism and I think I think when you come to Arsenal you're under that because Ars- obviously Arsenal are a big club and expectations are high but I think, you know, like Phil said, he has been in the Premier League for three seasons and obviously that is a lot of money. So I can understand why fans were a little bit frustrated, but I do, I do, I can see it working though. I do think he's grown with confidence. I think the Burnley game, I don't think he had the best game. I think he's had better games, but I do think that. I think it's about the position, like you said. I think if we played him as number nine, I think. I know in the Community Shield game, I think he had quite a few good chances in that game. And I felt like, obviously, he missed some that I feel like he should have taken. But I just had a lot of... I felt really positive about his performance and there were things that I could take. But I just don't know if our if Arteta would do that. I know it's hard really for Arteta because I like him a lot but I just feel like sometimes he can be a bit stubborn and he likes to keep things to how he wants to I don't know if he would do that do you think he would probably play Havertz in that position or not? I don't, I don't think so I think I think he's trying to prove and again I can I look is there is there a vision of a six foot four rapid, confident Kai Havertz in the midfield who can take it on the half turn, create space for others, do everything you need to do, defend well. Yeah, great, fantastic. But the minute his confidence is shot. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Mikel will certainly give him the run of games at nine that he would need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't really know how we can move forward. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one because... Um... 
there was a game he actually played a few weeks ago and I thought like he was doing really well. He had this confidence and hunger and like with him when he was playing and I feel like for me it's all about him being in the right position. So I do hope one day Arteta can do that. But I feel like with Arteta when he's made his mind up about something you can't really change his mind. Mm. <laughs> which is a little bit frustrating at times. Yeah, um awesome. yeah. Um Kai found himself in the box against Berlin rather than shoot. He passed it wide left. I, yeah, I think some things he does are a little bit questionable, but I don't kind of. It's hard because if you get on his back, you kind of you're seen as you're giving him hate and stick. But I suppose as fans, we just have to give our opinion on what we think about him, really. Yeah, and I said this about um, Sambi Lakonga. I think I think when we signed Sambi Lakonga, there's clearly a player in there. But I yeah. think he's a kind of player who is maybe a top eight, top six player. He's not the guy who's going to get you into the top four and go on to try and win a title. So his development and Arsenal, we we sort of did this as Sam Conga sort of did this. And it's, you know, it's no, it's no fault of Sam Conga. It's just the project kind of grew past him. And I think with Kai, our expectations are here. And I wonder whether he, he at this moment in his career, maybe he's been to these heights, but at this moment in his career is at this low ebb and it's not matching. It's just sort of maybe wrong wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it really is a tough one. And I, I think it's hard, right? Because when you're at games, fans are very supportive of the players and on the internet, <laughs> whenever he does something yeah. bad, everyone's like on him. But I just hope it works out for him. But I suppose because we spent a lot of money, there are questions there. And obviously, we know last season, we were so close to winning the league. I really did think it was last season, I'm not going to lie. And I wasn't one of those fans that got carried away, but I just really enjoyed the football we were playing. And I just feel like I never expected us to go for the league as well. And obviously... We unfortunately didn't reach it to the end and Man City probably had a bit more experience and we had a few injuries. But this season, what do you feel like Arsenal should do differently to kind of go that step further and go for the league? I I had this analogy, or it's a very, very hipster analogy of a craft beer company. And I think last season, we had a very good product. We had a very good IPA and it was lovely and everyone enjoyed it and it all and it was really working for for a long period and then unfortunately the market changed we had a situation where you know our grapefruit supply broke down or you know our supply chain for some reason wasn't working or one of our wholesalers failed or whatever it was and we're not resilient enough now what i think we need to do is kind of grow into a massive uh conglomerate and be able to produce all types of it's like you know when um when covid happened and people weren't drinking corona <laughs> so it doesn't really matter because the people who own corona also own budweiser and fosters and, and, and you know so it, it doesn't really matter and they have that kind of resilience um what i mean by that is the i think the the brand of football that we played was very exciting and very uh entertaining but it wasn't resilient enough and it wasn't um adaptable enough now i think maybe at the start of the season we've gone a little bit too far the other way but actually i think possibly at the at the tail end of last season this is what we needed to do we needed to find a team that were more adaptable less dependent on singular players less points of you know singular failure 
um, able to play in different ways, able to shut games down, able to control games. And I think when you look at the ex- uh, expected goals against numbers, when you look at the amount of goals we've conceded, which is, I think, the same as, I think we're equal first with Liverpool in terms of the least amount of goals conceded. Um, I think we've got the lowest ex- expected goals against numbers in the entire league, even below Man City. We're controlling football matches. You look at our field mm-hmm. tilt, you look, you know, we, we are absolutely on top of games. And now it's about just getting that attack to click. But I think that has all come from wanting to solidify this team with Declan Rice, with a few tweaks in terms of, you know, maybe making Ben White slightly more conservative than he has been, maybe asking Zinchenko to do certainly slightly different things than he did to, did last year, just to get us more solid and a base and then trying to find that front five that really, really clicks. So I, I just think we needed to become more adaptable and able to win games in different ways. And we've seen it with set pieces and corners, etc. And that balance is hard to find. It's not, you can't just do that over a summer. You know, that's going to take some time. I think this is another thing about this team is that I know no one wants to hear this. I know no one wants to hear this. But if we win the Premier League, if we win three Premier Leagues in the next five seasons, I wouldn't be surprised if someone told me we didn't win the first one for another two seasons. Hmm. Because we're still young. Like we are still, I think, the second youngest team in the league. And the problem is, is we've been on this Arteta train for four years. Yeah. And it's no, like no one wants to hear that. And I get that. I 100% get that. But you have to accept that when the guy you just signed, your superstar midfielder, is 24. So Kai Havertz is 24. Your superstar wingers are 22 and 22. You're, the guy up front still only, what, 26, 27. We've, we're not, we've not reached, you know, the, 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 the defenders. William Saliba's 22. Ben White's 26, I think he is. We're still behind in terms of the peak ages of, of most, uh, most positions. So... I think the reason we've done that is a is a is smart from a, from a market perspective to to grow the value of players and be able to add in on top once you uh, once you do that. But it's gonna take still gonna take some time. So if we don't win the league, you, it's kind of I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm saying maybe in the long term future of this of, mm. of the football club, we look back and go, oh yeah, we still weren't ready that season, i.e. this season. Yeah, it's a tough one, really, because I guess last season. Um, obviously it was really good that we went for the league I think for me because we got top we were trying to get top four the season before and I thought we've just got to get top four the season um so I think we did really well and I suppose if we don't win it this like season people might see it as that was just a one year like that was the one season when we only went for it and we've kind of slipped off a bit but I do know that we do have like work to do and we do have you know we do need to bring in players in the team and like you said we've really got such a young team and I think people have kind of suggested that Arsenal have had a bit of a slower start this season and I think I do think Granit Xhaka I think him going I think he did have to go some that sometime and I did always believe there was an upgrade on him but I do think his personality his passion for Arsenal and just I feel like when he's in the dressing room, especially when I watched the documentary, the all nothing one, you could really tell, you know, what a big impact he had on the players. So I think losing him has definitely been a big blow. When this unfortunately changes do happen in football, like with the Ramsdale style stuff, it's part of the game really. But I just think this season is important for us to win. I think we do have to win a trophy. I've said this. If if we don't win the league, I'm not. It's hard to tell right now because obviously Man City and the Pornos. I'm definitely not counting Spurs in that by the way <laughs> they're, they're doing okay down there but 
yeah, I just think it's more competitive this season. Like, me and I think Man City are just one point ahead of us mm -hmm. in Liverpool. So, it's so competitive. And I do hope we can win it. But I just think we've got to win a trophy. Like Anthony said, I think it's really important that we do do that. I don't think he'll be gone, personally. I do think... I do, I do expect him to be here long term. And like you said, he has been here for four years and it's been a really big journey for him. We've obviously faced difficult moments, but I do think that we are going in the right direction. Um, do you feel happy with the job Arteta has done here so far and where we are now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think like, you know, when, when, when we consider what Pep is, you know, as the pace setter in this league, when you look at the, you know, I, th I think we are witnessing the greatest manager of all time, personally, in the sport um, with Pep Guardiola. Um, so for Arteta to be going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him in his first managerial job, yes, it's taken some time to turn the ship around. But I think we have, expectations come from many places, but I think they're worth exploring. Mm -hmm. They're always worth exploring and considering, okay, but why do I think Arsenal should win the league? Is that just a default, I want my team to win the league? Or am I really looking around and going, are we in a good position? Are we doing the right things every single season to try and get us towards that place? It's not accepting mediocrity. Mm -hmm. It's accepting that actually these things take time. Man City were bought in, what was it, 2008? They didn't win, win the league till 2011. Newcastle, they're gonna, they're at some point probably going to be challenging for a league, but it's just going to take them some time. It yeah. takes time to turn things around. And I think I, I've been really, look, Artes has made a lot of mistakes and he's not been perfect in any sense. But I think the general direction, when you look at our XG numbers over the last three, four years, when you look at our net spend, when you look at our squad value, when you look at the points taken, when you look at the goals, everything is doing that. Mm -hmm. everything so at some point that has got to pay off and i think i i think obviously that the general trajectory is doing that and in the little moments where it does that a little bit people panic it's like no no, no we're still we're still doing this we're still doing this so i i've never been worried about arteta i i don't think he's ever been the problem at the club yeah i think the the challenges have maybe been changing that culture around but I think specifically since last season, I think it's 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 full steam ahead with Arteta. We now may have another problem in that he becomes so much the guy at the club that there are other issues. But it's a, that's a separate discussion. Yeah, I think it really has been a difficult journey. I think I think when he came in, I think a lot of people just question his experience. Like he has been with Pep, and Pep's probably one of the best, if not the best. Like there's that argument, but um, I've always felt that we would play that like Pep style football, and Arteta's needed to bring his own players in to do that because the reality is at the time we had players like Mustafi, Louise, and others like Willian, and to be honest they're not able to do what Arteta wants to do and that's just how it is and we've known that but it's hard because fans don't really have the patience they don't want to wait and I think I think when you look back on people's careers it's all about what they've won and I think Arteta does deserve a lot of credit for you know where we are now um, and facing those difficult moments he's always stuck by us and I think when I look at our team now I just think this team can win the league I just think mm injuries I think I think when we played Man City I just thought we can do this I just think it's all about fitness and when we don't have those players that are fit it's it makes us look a lot I think we are a different team do you think we I think we lack the ideas and obviously we struggle to score but I think defensively we've improved massively but 
it's really hard with that and I know with Trossard as well I think there was all that stuff with Mudrick and at the time I thought you know Mudrick's coming let's support him and then he ended up going to Chelsea so it was always a tough one but I think with Trossard him having that Premier League experience he's came into Arsenal and it's like he's been here for years and obviously against Burnley he scored our, he scored our thousandth goal which is crazy and um, you do you think he should be starting every game or do you kind of feel like he's more of an impact sub that can really help us when we need him yeah i, I i've been really impressed by trossard um but again th th there's different players for different different mm -hmm. things and i think sometimes you have to put players in positions that are that best suit that well at all times you have to put players in positions that best suit what they what they do and i think trossard is someone who late in a game maybe ideally, you know, sort of 60, 70 minutes can come on yeah. against tired legs and challenge you and get you to to move quickly because he he thinks so quickly with the ball. He gets the, the ball in and out of his feet so quickly. He pops up in strange positions. You, you don't quite know where he's going to go. He gets his shot off. He's a uh, great ball striking on both feet. He's a fantastic um, operator in the final third. I just think he's so good that he's one of those players who maybe if you start him, you can slightly not mark him out the game, but there's he has less running power, let's say, than a Martinelli or a Saka on the wing, and I think he's less dynamic than a Jesus at, at number nine. So I, th I think you know, in all of the, all three of those positions, I'd, I'd want someone else. But coming off the bench on a 60, 70 minutes, he can be so, so, so productive for us, and that's not a a bad thing. You know, yeah. like you you think of it as like you know, oh, a player's a, a bench player. That's a really good, but that's a very good player in a in a title winning uh, team. You know, you look at Man City, if if Man City win the league this season, they will have the likes of, you know, Doku or Bernardo Silva or Kanji or Ake or whoever it is. All these incredible players will spend time on the bench. Yeah. Julian, Julian Alvarez spent a lot of time on the bench last season in a, in a triple winning Man City team. He's a fantastic player and they wouldn't have won the, the title without some significant contribution. So it's not in any way a, a bad position to be in. Um so I think, yeah, I've been so impressed with Trossard. I, I really, really like him. But I, I like his squad role at the minute. And I think, you know, whenever he comes in, he impacts. And then we all go, okay, well, let's start him. It's like, no, the reason he's impacting so well is because he's able to come in and give us yeah. something different than what we already have that's it's a it's a different uh yeah i agree because say jesus is fair like i think jesus martinelli saka i just think they're great together and you know in the everton game we were i think we had a lot of the ball and we were doing everything right we just couldn't score we just couldn't be clinical and he's great like you said to come on to make that impact and take those chances and I think I'm kind of not surprised, but I suppose I didn't know how to expect how well this would go because I suppose at the time with Mudrick, a lot of, you know, it's looking like he was coming and we had to think of another plan to bring someone else in. But yeah, I really love Trossard. I think mm. he's so good. Um, and I I just think he's a massive player for us this season. I think he's probably, in a way, our most consistent. Like, he does score quite often. And I think that's what we need as fans, to have him at our club. And um, I hope we can win the league. And before we go, do you think we will win the league? Or do you feel like Man City or Liverpool are likely? I said at the beginning of the season, and I'll stick to it, Arsenal comes second. Mm. Um because I don't, I I don't believe that that was a flash in the pan last season. I think if you look at the long term trends, as I've, yeah. I've spoken about, if you look at the way we've been building this team, it's been coming. And you don't you don't sustain a title charge on a whim. It doesn't just happen. You don't just fall mm -hmm. away. I think what's happening now, though, 
is other teams are are flexing their muscles a little bit. You look at Liverpool, you look at Spurs, whatever. But what the what I think the main factor in in challenging for a Premier League consistently now is controlling football matches. If you can't control to the level that Pep Guardiola controls football matches, you're done. Yeah. Because he will get a 60-65% possession every, almost every single game. And when you can control the football, you control the match. And when you control the match, you're likely to win it. So I think, and I look at Liverpool's style of play, I look at Spurs' style of play, it's not always focused on controlling the matches. And I think that's not a massively sustainable way of trying to win. I think that's why Pep uh, Klopp's won, what is it, one title in five years rather than, let's say, two or three titles in five years. Because yeah. I don't think it's a sustainable way of of, of, of playing football not being the guy who aims for the total control of the match. I think we do do that. I think when you look at the game last season at the Emirates against Man City, that was the least Pep Guardiola has ever had possession in a Premier League, in, a, in any game in his entire managerial career. You know, we are able to take control of matches under the control of from, in my opinion, the best manager of the world, yeah. which is an incredibly good sign. Um, I just think, I don't think we have enough inevitability, as I mentioned in, in the squad. I don't think we have enough difference makers at their peak. I think Saka and Martinelli are going to be and are difference makers, but they're, you know, they're still young. Mm. Um, and you look at Salah, you know, Salah just bails Liverpool out a lot, yeah. a lot, and covers up a lot of cracks. So, um, yeah, I, I and and I think City are just inevitable with the, with the way their their squad is is built. So I I, I still squad, yeah, it's ridiculous their yeah. squad they have. <laughs> and they've added Doku, and you know they're they're they're, they're absolutely incredible. So I I just think we'll come second. Um, I think we've got a more sustainable team now. I think we'll be chasing honestly. I think we'll be chasing for a lot of this this year. Um, and I think we'll 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 come short, but I think we'll get more points than last season. Um, and I think it will be a really really good account, and I think we'll be there right to the end. I think that's the I think that's the important thing like sustainability like you said I feel like so far this season we are keeping close with Man City and I think that's what we've got to do each season especially like getting more points improving in areas that we struggled like I've noticed there's this theme where it comes like say the last five to ten games we just kind of not collapse but we just sort of struggle a bit I don't know if they, if it's like fatigue they get a bit tired and they feel a bit like they give up and obviously in, in past years we haven't had that experience to get us through but I think I'm with you I think I think if we came second and we won like the FA Cup or another trophy I feel like us win something would be a success Champions League yeah you never know <laughs> Um, yeah, and I think we're doing really good as well in the Champions League as well. I think it's all about kind of, I think last season we put all of our eggs in one basket. We went all out for the league and I feel like that might have been our downfall in a way because obviously it came to the end and we didn't do it. So I feel like, I think it's going to be interesting. And like Anthony said, I think the January transfer window will be a really important part because we definitely, for me, have to bring in midfielder, striker. I think the Saka and Martinelli one's difficult because I think I think people have said Saka's had a bit of a slow start. He's not had a big impact. And I do get that because he hasn't had as many goals or assists. And I feel like he does get overplayed to the point where he's like burnt out. And I know a lot of, players do go for him when you know he's he's our dangerous player and he is that target so um yeah I'm with you Anthony I do think we've got to do business in the in the January window and um, for you though would you how many players do you think you would want to bring in um in 50. That window? 
No, listen, you've got to be realistic. And, and and also, if the right player isn't available in January, don't get them. How many times have we sat here going through with Socrates and Mustafi and all these players we get in, well, actually, you know, whoever we've got in, in, in January windows, whatever, but, you know, getting the wrong player in. I'd rather get the right player in in the summer and come second than mm-hmm. get, than try and go for a title, you know, try not to swear, put our money on the table and go, here we go, we're going out for a title. And then we sat there with a bloated squad with, you know, players on ridiculous wages. We're, we're looking like Man United in a couple of years' time. You know, if, if you do that for too many windows and fans want you to spend, they want you to go, go and get that player, give him 500 grand a week. That's how you end up as Man United. That's how you end up in that situation with a rotting stadium and a, a you know, a, 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 a fan base. They're just the mess as a club, aren't they? In, really? in, in, a, in a mess as they are. <laughs> That's how that happens. So let's just... If there's the available player, go get them. You know, whoever it is, I don't mind. Um, you know, because I trust the club's talent ID. But you know, I'm not. I'm not sat here going, "We've got to win the title this year." Long term, long term. I, yeah, I, I want to think... sit here in ten years and say we won five or six Premier League titles, rather than sit here in ten years and say, "Well, at least we won that one." Yeah, I think, like you said, it's consistency. We've got to keep, like, it's going to be really tough to win leagues year after year, but I feel like if we're just up there with the best and in the Champions League competing, it's a lot better in the Champions League. I know we're not really at the group stages yet and we're still doing that, but I think it's been a really good start and I do feel like we are going in the right direction as a club. And I know with United, when I've spoken to their fans, it's like if they want a player and they can't get them, they sort of just bring anyone in and I feel like it's important to have like a plan A or a plan B because you might want this player and you can't get them and I think you've got to have the right ambition and I feel like bringing any player in it won't automatically help and we have seen that with United and I, I think bringing experienced players like you've seen with Madison for Spurs I've always been a fan of him and he's really adapted well there and I just feel like having experience um players definitely make the difference we've seen that of Declan Rice the way he's came into the midfield and you always see from Declan Rice like an 8 out of 10 performance or even a 10 out of 10 he's just he's incredible so let's hope we do do business in the window and I hope we win the league it'd be nice I've never seen Arsenal win the league so let's hope we can do that (laughs) but it's been so lovely to chat with you Alex today and a big thank you to everyone who's came in the chat asked us questions and spoke to us it's been really lovely so thank you so much for coming on today Alex thank you so much thanks for having me no I've really enjoyed it and I will link in your YouTube stuff because you do great jobs and I love your shows so please to those that are watching do subscribe um, but yeah um, it's been lovely chatting with you guys and um, hopefully we can go for the league and have a good season and win some silverware but yeah and um, been lovely to chat with Alex today and chat with you all and I will see you all in my next video thank you